0: In this episode of the Paid For Electronic Music Podcast, we explore how to self-release your music, why you would want to self-release, and some ways you can try to build your audience before you self-release, so your release is a success. All coming up. Welcome to the Paid For EDM Podcast, helping you build your business and career in the world of electronic dance music. Find the show on the web at paidforedm.com. Here is your host, Brian Hogg. So my guest today is Alex Cowles. He is a DJ, producer, and he's also kicking up a project called howtoselfrelease.com, which is a course essentially on how to self-release your music. It's kind of a debate, obviously, if you're an artist, do you release with a label? Uh, Do you release yourself? And if you release yourself, you get to keep, obviously, more of the profits and get more control But it's obviously a lot more work. So uh, we kind of explore why you would want to self-release some parts of the process and uh, whether you'd release kind of a single song at a time or whether you'd wait till you have an album and see what uh, Alex's thoughts are on that. So without further ado, here's my interview with Alex. Welcome. So I am here with Alex Cowles, who is a music producer, a DJ, label, and really general music entrepreneur. And uh, he's here to talk about uh, some of the self-releasing uh, issues. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks for having me. No problem. So uh, how about we start out a bit about uh, who you are and uh, some of the many things that you do right now okay. in the uh, in the music industry.
1: Um, I well by day I'm a designer, so um, that's. Sort of an aside to the music stuff that I do, however, it allows me to uh, launch and do all these different projects that I've got. But ultimately, um, from the music side of things, I um, DJ and produce uh, electronic music as Stillhead and previously Different, uh, spelt D-F-R-N-T. That's um, different. Yeah, yep. uh, <laughs> as different. I put out uh, I don't know four albums, maybe twenty or so EPs uh, appeared on various compilations, maybe twenty or so remixes for other people, and I still had, which has only been going for a year or so. I've put out an EP, a handful of remixes, and I've got an album coming uh, at the start of next year. Um, I run two labels at the moment, Uh, I used to run a further, another label, which started as a sort of collective. Um, One of the labels I run just now is kind of a traditional label in that it puts out digital and vinyl releases. The other started as a free label and kind of pivoted to becoming a subscription based model where people pay a small amount per month, they get access to the full back catalogue and they're guaranteed an additional uh, release every month um i've also I have a podcast which i've been doing for nearly five years now and we're at about a hundred and thirty something episodes yes. um that's insight podcast and i have a I have a blog called sit innovation which used to be just a general blog but after having a chat with a guy that I know about the lack of narrative within electronic music it's now a blog about narrative within electronic music discovery which is Sounds fairly obscure, but um, yeah, I guess it it, it works somehow. Um, there's not a huge amount of content there. I don't keep it super up to date, but it's uh, it's kind of more about uh, if you like X artist, maybe you like Y artist. And here's how I discovered these artists and the kind of train of thought and the, the sort of the way that I've explored various genres and discovered various things. Um, but my main focus at the moment is um, a kind of blog and course platform called how to self-release which sounds like a new age self-help solution (laughs) but uh, is really about self-releasing music and um, which kind of goes very much hand in hand with uh, starting your own record label whether it's just a holding label for your releases sort of behind the scenes or whether you want to start a label and release music from other people. Exactly.
0: Okay. So, um, you know, why would you want to
1: self-release versus, uh, having a label do it for you? So the, the two big things in this debate tend to be money and creative freedom. Um, if you go with, I mean, if it depends how you define working with a label, because if you're talking about a very small indie label, um, then there may not be much that they can bring to the table that you can't do yourself. Um, if it's kind of a medium sized or the larger indies, then um, they may have more money to put into what you're doing, but they won't have as much money as, say, a major label. But the major label take a lot more control and they very much dictate what they want you to do. And this is, in general, for the most part, of course, there's bound to be exceptions here and there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if you're doing it yourself, it may cost you more money to do, but you will have the satisfaction and the peace of mind that everything that you're doing, you have complete control over. And there is various degrees of control involved there because you can outsource various different things like distribution and manufacturing and, and obviously artwork and promotion and all these different things. But to... To a certain extent, you have the ability to just make sure that all of that is consistent across all platforms. uh, And the more that you can do yourself, the more sort of I don't know. The more satisfaction you get out of it when you have a product at the end of it, and you can say, "Yes, I did this myself. It's <laughs> it's all my own work," you know, for the most part.
0: Oh, for sure. But I mean, yeah, like you said, I mean, there's artwork, there's marketing, there's distribution, there's everything else they need to kind of handle. So, I mean, obviously that can be overwhelming for for someone who's just you know, I've I've got a track, you know, that I want to release and and put out there and and you know, uh, see where it goes. So, what yeah. would what would be kind of the first?
1: What do you think a first step would be? Uh, you know, if, if uh, when you want to start down that route. that's that's tough because it is really um, these days. It's 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 pretty easy to to start either start your own small label or get your own tracks out there. Um, but it's sort of down to how much you want to put in because anybody can really sign up for Bandcamp, throw a few tracks up there, and say, "Yeah, I release my album." But you're not going to get—I don't know—you're not going to get anybody coming there unless you have. Uh, I don't know hundreds of friends that you can tell or or you know there there's there's no sort of promotion there's no um distribution involved there and there's none of the things that you would get if you were with a, a label but you can also handle that yourself and you can spend more time give yourself a bit of a plan and 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 a strategy for how you want to release this album and hopefully get a lot more out of it when you do actually release it so it's kind of to a degree it's about how much you want to put in in the first place but um I try and, well, with, so with the how to self-release blog, I'm trying to put a bit of information out there um, that gives people an idea of what they might need to be able to do to start the label. I've also made a sort of top-level course which will take people through the process in a fairly general sense. And um, and it'll give them an idea of how much effort they want to put in and what sort of what sort of results they can maybe expect if they do put the effort in but we've got everything from making sure the music is really good enough to release because that's one of the sort of crucial steps before you even think about how you want to release it or formats or albums eps anything like that it's like is the music really good enough like not is it good enough but is it really genuinely are you a hundred percent sure that this is going to be popular or yeah. popular enough for you to feel like you've you know done it right but from a personal point of view if you put this music out and let's say it's successful and 6 months down the line you're uh, performing somewhere and you're not able to play the tracks that you released six months ago because you're, because you're not entirely happy with them or you're like, oh, I wish I hadn't put that out there. I'm a little bit sort of embarrassed about it or or something like that. Then it probably wasn't good enough in the first place. And it's kind of like you have to really, you've got to be convinced it's good enough to put out. So I, and this is something that I did um, with my different releases. I I feel like I rushed them. I put them out a little bit too fast I didn't really sit on them for long enough to know whether I was going to be able to support them even a month or two down the line, and I was so keen to build my name and get releases and and kind of build that brand a little bit that I yeah I threw caution to the wind and said okay let's just put this stuff out, and now, I I mean I I felt so compelled to change my name um, because I just wanted to distance myself from a lot of that stuff and say well, you know, yeah, I did do that but I'm not entirely happy with all of it and I kind of want a fresh start where I can do everything right this time so now I'll sit on tracks for months before I'm convinced that they're ready to go and it's not because I'm spending time on the production, it'll still take me the same amount of time to make them, perhaps a little longer but I'm just waiting so that I know that I'm sure about them before I put them out
0: Wow. So what, what, what would make you sure? I mean, is it that you're, you're kind of testing the tracks in a live setting or, you know, like, because obviously you can see someone just sitting on a track for years <laughs> or, and, or yeah, never releasing it, right? So, uh, I mean, it's the same with anything, even, you know, you know uh, software. Like, how do you know when, when to actually put it out there?
1: I, I have a few signals for myself. If, so I make the track. Once I finish the track, I render it off and I leave it on my, my computer desktop, And I'm an electronic musician, so that's easy for me to do. This is going to be different if you have a band or if you have to to record things in a different way. So I don't know if this is entirely universal. But ultimately, once the track is finished, I'll leave it overnight and I'll listen to it in the morning. And I'll think about whether it's good enough. Yes, is this going to work or not? And then I'll... Depending on how I feel, I'll leave it further. I'll leave it for a week. And then I'll come back a month later and then a couple of months later. And if after two months... I can still listen to it and get the same excitement that I got when I just finished it because everybody loves the tracks they've just finished regardless. Sure. But like two months down the line, if I'm still like, yeah, I can see the merit in this. This is definitely something I'm happy with. Then uh, I will take steps to consider releasing it. So I kind of, I have a, like a cutoff where I say, okay, and it, and if it goes on longer than that, if I have to really, if I have to say something like, well, I'm going to go back to it in six months and make sure, then it's, maybe it's not right. Maybe, yeah, maybe there's just something that's not sitting with me right. But it's really difficult to be objective about your own music because you have to remove yourself from being so involved in it. So actually there's a couple of really good tests that you can do. Get your friends around and play it to them and it forces you to um, behave in a different way. Because as soon as you have somebody else that's listening, uh, it changes your, like you. it's very much easier to get embarrassed about it. So you could like, and if you find yourself saying, oh, look, uh, I'm not really sure about this. Maybe I'll change the drums and stuff before you've even pressed play on the track, then that's not a good sign. Yeah. And the other thing is, I mean, I'm not wild about asking the internet for advice because you're always going to get people to back up your own sort of opinion, but there are sites that are doing some good things, like Fluence, for example, where you can send uh, you can send your track to somebody, and they uh, because you have to pay a very small amount for them to check it there's an incentive for them to actually listen to it. And because they're not really personally involved in the track, you're more likely to get fairly brutal, honest advice. And so it's not just like sticking a work in progress on SoundCloud where everybody who's following you is already kind of a fan. It's like, I'm going to send this to somebody who I've maybe never even met before, but because I'm paying them a little bit, there's an incentive for them to check it and they're going to give me some honest feedback. So I use use Fluence quite a lot as a as a reviewer and um, I find it really useful. And also it's like, I can prioritize listening to someone's music if there's a little bit of cash in it for me. And I know that sounds shallow, but (laughs) I get sent so much music that if somebody sends me music and also says, well, I'll add a couple of dollars to your account if you listen to this, then I'm like, okay, I can do that. Like that that seems kind of fair, if not a little. capitalism sort of <laughs>
0: centric. at least stands out from all the other ones that are just probably throwing it around to a hundred other people and, uh, not exactly. really sending it to you directly. Right. So,
1: and you do, you do get great music that's sent to you, but it's mostly fairly terrible. And especially if it's pre-release or if it's, um, or if it's demos or work in progress, As you think, Oh, you know, I don't, I don't have time to check all this, you know, it's like, because I know that like 80% of it's going to be a waste of time. And it's it's a sad state, but the more people that make music, the more that's gonna happen. And it's it's a this sort of fluence is a great way to kind of filter out the people who are maybe a little bit more serious about wanting to get feedback and using that to improve their their overall skills and stuff. So yeah, I use that. Um but yeah, check with your mates and then just listen to it on a bunch of different systems. Because if you've got a track and I don't know. I, I actually once thought about making an album that was sounded best on a laptop. But as a, like, as an example, people listen to your music in all sorts of different ways. So if you can make sure that you've got all those bases covered and it still sounds good on all of those different systems, then you're probably onto something good. But yeah, I don't know. There's a lot to be said for also not being a super uber perfectionist. And like, there's got to be a point where you say, okay, I've, I've messed around enough. I need to either release this or put it into an archive or something.
0: <laughs> do something with it. So then in yeah. terms of releasing as well, I mean, should you wait until you have an album worth, you know, like a few tracks or or are you keen to just, you know, especially when you're just starting out, do one track at a time?
1: There's differing opinions on this. And um, some people say do lots of EP releases and uh, use those to build up your name and build up the anticipation. And then if you feel that you want to do an album, do an album so that people get the sort of satisfaction of having that larger body of work. Personally I'm more... I like it better when new artists release an album because if I've discovered them as a new artist I'm excited about their sound, I want as much of their music as possible and I don't want to have it drip fed to me because I'm kind of impatient as it is and so I think well like maybe I'll forget about this person a couple of months down the line, and I'm not going to catch their next EP release. And you know, if it's also, which is kind of why you have to make it easy for your the people that are interested in your music to keep up with what you're doing. But if somebody's done not done that, and I'm interested in their music, there's every chance I'll miss their next few drip-fed small releases, and uh, and then you're kind of losing out. I feel like you, as an artist, you're losing out on on an audience. So what i see most people doing is putting out one maybe two eps and then going for the album that seems to be on the whole but i don't know there's a lot of there's a lot of talk and it's probably going to be down to you as an artist how you want to um how you want to approach it because you might feel that like well either i'm not ready to produce an album or i just don't want to do albums i'm not an album artist i would rather do a bunch of different eps maybe switch up the style every time and and build up a variety that way so i don't know there's successful artists who have done only albums or there's successful artists who have done only ep releases or singles so um i don't know there's not there's probably not a hard and fast answer to that
0: yeah no that makes sense so um so whatever you release, whether it be a track or an album, um, you know, what's, so you, if you just release it on Bandcamp, basically that's the only way that people are gonna uh, consume it is is from downloading it off there. But what what's kind of a level above that? And, and what are some of the issues that you might have, you know, tracking how many people are, are downloading or especially with the streaming coming up uh, a lot more than people actually purchasing the music, um, you know, kind of what are some, some tips to actually track, especially if you have multiple releases, uh, making sure that you're kind of getting the the revenue that you should be.
1: Taking it one step further is usually down to getting a few different processes in place and probably the I guess the linchpin of putting a good release out and making sure that it is in all the stores is is your distribution setup. And so distribution being the whatever system you use to take your track from your hands or your computer and get it into either stores, whether they're online stores or um, physical stores and getting it onto streaming platforms and making sure that you can collect revenue from either the PROs or places like YouTube directly. So distribution comes in a few different formats, but I guess the three most common would be the sort of traditional distribution model where it's actual physical items and they're sending them out to stores. And sometimes that's combined with the digital distribution side of things. There is the digital distribution only, and that's kind of split into two where you have like self-managed platforms and you have, I'm not really sure how to, what to call them, but like sort of professional distribution where you deal with them as a label. And you don't you don't tick all the boxes to say I want it to be in this store, this store, and do all the metadata and all that sort of information. You just send them the release, the artwork, and you say I want it to come out on this date, and they handle all the rest for you and mm-hmm. take a cut off the top. But the most common these days, and the ones that, and, and the sort of platform that I would generally recommend going for is like the the kind of TuneCore type. Set up, and I don't want to recommend TuneCore because I don't think they're particularly good. Nor do I want to recommend CD Baby because everybody recommends CD Baby, <laughs> and I'm not convinced they're they're all that good. But there are hundreds of uh, self managed distribution platforms that will take your tracks and put them into all the right stores. Right. But that's kind of just half the battle because, like, there's millions of tracks on, for example, Spotify that have never even been listened to once i don't know 4 million something like that it's cra- really? this crazy wow. crazy number of tracks um that have just not even been listened to and there's a huge percentage of the rest have only been ever listened to once so you need to make sure that yeah it's get i mean getting your tracks onto these platforms is is not difficult but it's only half the battle and the rest of it or a lot of the rest of it is going to be about building your audience and kind of making sure your promotions on point and and sort of building a campaign around it and kind of playing the hype game a little bit. And then also all the stuff that's post release, because you never know when somebody's going to discover your music and want to go back and find out all, you know, about all the tracks that you've already released. Um, so that's kind of part of it as well. And, uh, and without that, I mean, you can have the best distribution in the world, but it's not going to make that much difference. Yeah, um, it's not
0: like putting it into the store is going to automatically get you thousands of downloads. So people are just waiting to click on it. I mean, so yeah. <laughs> So if you've got no, if you've got no audience and you're just starting out, or you have you know a very small audience, um, you know what would that kind of be some initial steps to to try and build up that. This, this
1: is where everybody's ears have pricked up. Like, right. oh, this is this is the information I need right here. Like, and no tough, pressure. Because it? yeah. <laughs> it's not like, well, there's a magic formula for building an audience or, or whatever. And I, I, wish there was. I wish that there was, because then I would package it up and sell it to people. But um,
0: it wouldn't I, be I, it wouldn't be how to self release. It would be how to yeah make millions from building your audience. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. But there's there is people who are trying to help people with that, and I I, I intend to. I would like to build a lot more materials around that kind of like how to get your uh, first a thousand or so fans or how to how to just build your audience. Now, I try and cover a stack of it in the um, in the sort of label setup and everything. But ultimately, it means like defining how you want your well, defining what you what your audience is, really finding out where they hang out and then targeting them in ways that that isn't overly spammy but make sure that they can find your music or find whatever releases you have and then stay in touch with you and it's kind of like if you can if you can find the people and have some retention of those of those fans and sort of give them more over time then eventually they they sort of become super keen and interested in what you're doing and then you're able to market to them a little bit more and and slowly they sort of develop into a core group of of fans and there's like some practical stuff that I would insist artists do that I don't think many do already for example the mailing list is an absolutely crucial part of what an artist should be doing and not many are doing it or not many are doing it well like it's easy to set up a MailChimp box and say, put your email address in and I'll keep you updated. But that's not going to work. That's not going to have people like, oh, this is exciting. I wonder what I'm going to get, you know. <laughs> but if it's, you're only going to get people who are super into your music already to sign up to that. So you need to give them some incentive. So at the moment, I mean, with my Stillhead site, I'm kind of running, uh, it's sort of an experiment because I have something of an existing audience already from the whole different era, But my intention is to try and build a a, a mailing list with Stillhead that I can then say, uh, by the time my album comes out, I can promote it to them and hopefully have a percentage of that list buy from me. Um, Now, the problem is, I would only ever expect, I I mean, it's never going to be any more than 10% of the people on that list are going to buy an album. And so that means even for like a 1,000 sales, I need like 10,000 People, or, you know, hundred thousand. I don't know. That maths is much. <laughs> Lots of people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's about um, enticing those people to sign up. So, what I've set up on on the Stillhead site is like, a, it's kind of like a, a really cheeky uh, gate for people that that says, "Look, you can have a bunch of stuff, a bunch of my stuff for free. My my first EP that you can still buy in stores. I'll give it to you for free. Uh, music videos." Um, remixes, like a bunch of stuff that you can't get unless you sign up. But if you sign up, you put in your email address and your, and your name, then you can have it all for free. You can become a member on the Stillhead site and and that's it. And, and then I can send you a little bit of news here and there, let you know what I'm up to and start to build that sort of trust. And a lot of it is about trust as well. So if you have a brand or or, you know, if you have an organization and you, and you, and you're, and you, you're, fans or your audience don't trust you, then it's pointless. You know, you have to, yeah, trust relevance. There's a lot of things that, I don't know, there's so much sort of psychology and everything that goes into it, but there's no one definitive way either. All all that I can do is kind of help people uh, figure out the best way and and sort of lay the foundations for building that audience and hope that they can embrace social networking and, you know, send out things that are worth doing. And, and actually there's a few people, uh, and I'm kind of, I think there's a lot in this, a few people who are professing that really the best way to build an audience or the best way to, to, um, to build your brand is just to produce lots of content and which kind of goes against what I'm saying. Like, don't put everything out, like wait ages (laughs) before you put it out. But if you can't, if you have a high rate of production, or if you're, if you're putting out a lot of music that you're happy with, then that's, a very good way to build your brand because slowly but surely people will discover your stuff
0: yeah
1: um but yeah i don't know it's got to be a mix of all that stuff it's <laughs> like you you can't you can't just yeah there's no one website where you sign up and you're like that's me here comes the <laughs> audience you, know? like was, <laughs> you have to you got to work at it all the time you've got to be completely on it and, and everywhere you have to mention everything everywhere hmm. so like when you're in your emails, you've got to be like, oh, are you I, have you got me on social media? You know, whatever your platform of choice is, you have to meet people on their platform of choice. Like, so I'm on Facebook. If you're into Facebook, I'm on Twitter. If you're into Twitter, and I've got a Bandcamp profile. If you want to follow me there, and and on all these places, you ha- kind of have to say, well, I also do the other social networks, and and all the social networks have to feed into your email list. Like, <laughs> yeah. so have you signed up for this? Because social is one thing, but it's never going to be reliable or a particularly great way to get to your audience. It's just for kind of social stuff. It's sort of whimsical as a, as a concept I find. So really, if you want to get people really engaged, you have to push them towards your site and say, look, guys, I have a mailing list. This is a way better sort of, it's far more convenient for everybody to get in touch with you. And it's more convenient for me because I can get right into your inbox. And that's a far more personal and sort of sacred space to be able to, to be lucky enough to promote it.
0: Well, and you, and you have no uh, control. I mean, I think you've mentioned this and many other people mentioned this. I mean, before when you had people liking your page uh, you could put a post on that page and then everyone would see it. Now that's not the case. Now they're like, boost your post, you know? <laughs> so you get to about 1% of this audience or so yep. that you've built, it's not your audience. So no, that's I think that's great tips to, you, you need to have your mailing list uh, that yeah. first and foremost. Right, um, good, any other uh, uh, tips or considerations for people who are, who are kinda looking to push this <laughs> out? <laughs> Actually, oh. first, how did you get, uh, how did you set up then this, you know, I've got a free download uh, system? Did you just custom create it mm. or was it a platform?
1: It's primarily based on WordPress. So WordPress okay. is the basis for the site, um, although I don't use all of the features involved in WordPress, it's a pretty comprehensive thing, but, um, I set it up with WordPress and a free plugin for WordPress called uh, something along the lines of simple memberships or so, something like that. Okay. Um, and it's a fairly widely used um, membership type plugin, which uh, allows you to charge people for a membership. However, it also allows for this free sort of protected content type setup. So all I did was set that up with the only subscription being a free option and um, and then I have, uh, I use Aweber for my email marketing. I've run through so many different email marketing companies, and really it doesn't matter what you use because they all provide a very similar cost and service. But ultimately, Aweber is the one I'm using at the moment. And so the first page is the Aweber sign up form. They sign up for that, and the confirmation page is the sign up for the membership. And it says something along the lines of, now all you need to do is pick a username and password. Okay. And it's also, it carries the email address over. Um, I spent like three hours trying to get that to work. <laughs> it like it, it sends their email address over to the next page and it says, there you go. All you need to do now is like username, password, hit sign up and that's you. And the first step is like they're on my mailing list. So they can stop at that point and not sign up for the membership and I still have their details in a database. Mm-hmm. And then I can follow up and say, oh, I noticed you didn't go that far would you be interested and still sign up? Because I've got loads of content I want to give to you for free. Um, And if they do, I have them on both systems. And it's like, yes, you're now a member. Welcome to the inner circle of Stillhead. (laughs) awesomeness. (laughs) (laughs)
0: And way, they go, cool. Well, I'll see if I can uh, post a little tutorial on setting up uh, something like that with that plugin and whatnot. So
1: (laughs) it's like the, maybe the fourth or fifth iteration of my still head site. It's taken me (laughs) so long. Like I, as a designer, I end up redesigning all my stuff all the time anyway, but this is probably, it's become the most complex way to do it. And I, I don't doubt that there are, Probably simpler ways to do what I've done, and there may even be a one-size-fits-all type uh, solution. But this was the way that was most convenient for me. But yeah, I'm I'm I can provide you with links and everything as well. Sounds good. Yeah, we'll throw those in the show notes.
0: So, um, how what is the best way for people to uh, to find
1: you uh, and get in touch? Um. I mean, you can find me all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we did just so, go through that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, um, I don't know. I run I run everything. Well, the two main sites that have my contact details are stillhead.com um, and alexcowles.com. And both of those have contact email addresses. If you're a Stillhead member, you get an extra special email email address that only members have that I will make an effort to answer a lot quicker than the rest of my mail, just as an incentive for people to to become members if they're interested. Um, but you can also find me uh, the Cut Records website, which is cutrex.com, brightestdarkplace.com is my other record label, insightpodcast.com, sitinnovation.com, <laughs> outtoselfrelease.com, uh, uh, everywhere. Like if you search for Stillhead or Different or Alex Kells or any of these names, you should be able to find me I used to work for a search marketing company, so if you can't find me, there's something wrong.
0: (laughs) And then once you do find you, we'll let you know that uh, it was difficult. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Excellent. Well, thank you so much for being on the show and uh, sharing all of your uh, advice. uh, And uh, we really appreciate it. Thank you.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: Be sure to check out paidforedm.com and let us know what you think of the show what you want to hear and even submit any questions you'd like answered right here on the paid for edm podcast don't forget to subscribe by itunes or your favorite podcast app